So we want that. That's what we're doing. Um, we want to talk this morning about life's healing relationship. The healing relationship. And if you are in any kind of relationship, or you need any kind of healing, or you're in a relationship that needs healing, then you are so in the right place. That's what we're talking about. Now, there is one thing, one thing that will make or break any relationship, whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a marriage, husband and wife, family, siblings, parents, children, work relationship, a team relationship, wherever, whatever relationship you have, this one thing. If it is present, it, that relationship will be strong, it will thrive, it will draw the two of you together powerfully. If it is not there, the relationship will weaken and strain and diminish and fracture and wither. And I can tell, I'm looking out there, I can tell that some of you think you know what I'm talking about. That's love. Well, love's important. It's essential. But that is not what we're talking about today. Tell them it's taking out the trash. Tell her it's being on time. Tell them it's not stealing the covers. Tell them it's not telling me how to drive. No, sorry, uh-uh. And survey says, eh, no. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? The one thing. The one thing, here it is. Here it is. Appreciation. Didn't see that coming, did you? I got you. It's appreciation. Now, as you think about this, being appreciated, you know this to be true in your relationships. Somebody who appreciates you, who sees you, who, who sees what you do and, and expresses that sincerely speaks appreciation and shows it in their lives to you, that is like a super magnet for a relationship that draws the two of you together. That is attractional. You can be right now, as you are right now, super attractive. Do you get that? Here is a beauty tip for you. Appreciation. Appreciate. You do not have to put super expensive green gloop mask on your face at night. You don't have, look, that alone was worth the price of admission, right? You're attractive. Appreciation is attractive. It draws people together. I don't know one person who is not drawn to the person or the people who deeply appreciate them. Here's why. Here's why. Because when we're appreciated, you feel seen and heard, and understood, and valued, and treasured. And that is the formula for a strong relationship. Some of you are having trouble imagining what that feels like anymore. Don't worry, have grace. He's going to work on it. She's going to work on it. That's what we're going to work on. We're doing the application, uh, some of that, before we get to the scripture, but we're going to work on that. But when appreciation is lacking, or non-existent, then the relationship gets strained. It's the opposite of attraction. It, it puts a wedge. It puts division in between you and the other person. And here's why. Because when you're unappreciated, you feel invisible, inconsequential, ignored, used, 
insignificant, taken for granted, and all of us, parents, children, friends, workers, spouses, everybody knows what that feels like, and it doesn't feel good. Can I get an amen? Okay, okay. We are going to work on that. Starting today, we're going to notice. Make a decision that you're going to notice the people in your life, that person in your life, that makes your life, your world better. And here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do in very practical ways. We are going to see it, say it specifically, and celebrate it. Okay? Fill that in. We're going to see it. We're going to notice. We're going to stop being blind. And guys, if you're anything like me, Shree could like demolish our house, rebuild it while I was at work. I would walk in the door and not notice. Right? Like you don't, don't, don't shake your, you know, you could do that too. Okay. We got to stop doing that. We got to see what people are doing. We got to say it specifically, specifically, right? Thanks for everything. Did you know thanks for everything is the first cousin of thanks for nothing? If it's not specific, it doesn't have any teeth, right? It doesn't have it. So be specific. I so appreciate how you, it makes me feel, uh, be specific. And we're going to celebrate it. We're going to make a big deal about it because it is a big deal. And this seems simple. But as I said, appreciation, as we're going to see in the scripture, is a relationship magnet, right? It draws you two together. And it will do this in some powerful ways. And you're going to see that in your relationships. And some of you, some of you are going to need prayer to pull this off this week and to keep going with it. So we're going to, you know, after the, you know, at the response time, I just encourage you, man, come up, get prayer. That's what we do for one another. You say, why are you never coming up? Because I come up all the week, all week long to my buddies. I'd be like, dude, I'm struggling this there. I need you, right? So that's what we do for one another. You come up, you get prayer. Okay. I just want to point out, because this is Thanksgiving, that, um, appreciation will also do a great deal for your relationship with Jesus Christ. Back on November 7th, um, kind of when we started this prayer calendar thing, so we had this scripture up. Here's what we did. The read and reflect was, was this verse from 1 Thessalonians. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, which means in all circumstances. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, get to give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wherever you see the will of God or it's God's will, you want to circle that in your Bible, you want to highlight it, you might want to get a tat with it because this is when you can know you are 100% doing what God wants you to do, right? So this is huge. This is huge. We want to take this at face value and, and cast this check. So we wanted to pray and commit, Father, there's lots of areas where it's hard for me to know what your will is, but I could be 100% sure that you want me to be compulsively thankful to you. Like, you, you understand what that means? Like, I never stop. It's like, thank you for Justin. Thank you for this chair. Thank you. Thank you for the Rosses. Thank, thank you for the fans. Thank you that I'm in. Thank, thank everything. Thank you. I want to try and go through this entire day thanking you for absolutely everything I can. And I'll start with thanking you for Jesus, right? Which is so far above the best. 
this is going to be the most joyful day I've had in ages. In Jesus' name, amen. So that was, that was our prayer. Some of you did this. And if you were one of the people who did this, you know you had the best day. This was the most joyful day. You were worried and anxious less. You had more peace for no apparent reason. Your circumstances were just as lousy as when you started, right? But this, this compulsive Thanksgiving, it just transformed you, right? It, and the, the, the idea is for us to get addicted to this. If you have a day like this, you want to have a week like this. You want to have a life like this. And you can have it any day you want. You could start today if you missed it. it I reprinted it on your, on your worksheets just so you could do that, right? It's available to you. And it, why does this work? Because appreciation is a relationship magnet. It draws you closer to Jesus Christ. And that's where the peace is. That's where the love is. That's where the joy is. That's where the comfort is. That's where the life is. That's what you're feeling. It's not about change my circumstances in the most comfortable and plush way. No. It's about give me you. If I got you, I walk through fire. I walk through fields. I walk through blessing. I walk through... I'm going to have joy. Unshakable. All right? That is the way. Okay, so if you don't do this, if you don't do this, just like in your marriage, just like in your relationships, lack of appreciation drives a wedge. Drives a wedge. And your relationship with Jesus will begin to wither. He is never going to break it off ever, ever, ever. He promised you that, but your intimacy with him your sense that he's there, you, your sense of his pleasure over you, his joy, his love, his guidance, his, right? Get sacrificed, right? And just so you know, I'm not making this up. Let's go to the word. Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 17. We're about to pick it up in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Who's he? Who he? Jesus, that's right. Jesus walking along. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. This is 10 lepers, not 10 leopards, right? Jesus is not on the safari. He is on a rescue mission. And he is not just wandering around. He knows these 10 guys are there. So he chooses to go this way because they need him. And he is very fond of encountering people who need him. And they have leprosy. Now, not a word we use a lot these days. Leprosy is a highly contagious skin disease where stuff is, you have sores, you have stuff sloughing off of you, pieces falling all over. It is awful. And so these people were quarantined. They couldn't be in community except with people who had leprosy, which means not your wife, not your husband, not, not your kids, not your work. You lose that. You lose your home. You have to go live, and you have to be isolated from people. In fact, if they get too close, you have to scream out unclean to, to warn them to stay, keep their distance. And they stood at a distance. That was the law, man. You couldn't get close to You know how, how healing it is? We do that. We're a hugging bunch. We're a loving church, man. I mean, we got to stop that greeting thing before it gets out of hand, because everybody just hugging on each other, loving on. 
I love that. God loves that. That does something to you to feel loved and touched and, and welcomed. And they don't have that. They don't have that. So take a look. Take a look what happens. They lifted up their voices, which means they were shouting. They were crying out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Right? They know who this is. He's not wearing a big name tag. Right? They know about Jesus. They know who he is. They didn't think that Jesus, I mean, what's the chances, right? Big, big countryside. He's going to come within 50 yards of us, but he's here. We know of his power. We know of his compassion. Some of those 10 maybe even believed that he was the Messiah. We don't know. We don't know. But they call him master, right? And they say, have mercy on us. They cried out. They knew they had a problem that they could not fix on their own. They knew they had a situation that was not going to get turned around unless God intervened supernaturally. We talked about this in Life's Healing Choices. We got to get real with God. We got to get real with ourselves. We got to get real with other people. They are shouting their need, right? They are crying out for mercy. Crying out for mercy, always a good move. Always a good move, right? For you, for me. If there's ever a line, people who want mercy, people who want everything, get in the mercy line. That is where you want to be. I want to cry out for mercy. That's what you want to do. No, man, I don't want mercy. I want, I want lots of blessing and stuff. I want like lifestyle. I want breakthrough. I want this. I want that. I want stuff. I want, look, when I was a kid, our favorite thing, we had those, you know, cap guns and the little paper caps. And I would put them on rocks and we'd bang them. And when you get two together, you fold them over, makes a bigger bang. Nothing ever happens. You're just making noise. You're just making noise with all that. You want the intercontinental ballistic missile of faith and prayer? You cry out for mercy. You cry out for mercy. Like, that is a huge deal. Cry out for mercy. You got angels up there, two of them on a coffee break, like, Dude, dude, you see that? You see that? That person just crying out to Jesus for mercy. Oh, get over here. You're going to want to see this. They don't even know what can of blessing they just opened up. They're crying out to Jesus for mercy. Watch this. Watch this. You're going to watch this. Why is that such a big deal? Because Jesus loves to have mercy on people who want mercy. I mean, isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the entire ball of wax? Jesus came on the rescue mission for you. He showed up. He was born for you, lived for you, went to the cross for your sins, in your place, as your substitute, wiped away your past for you, died for you, rose to new life to give you this new life for you. That's mercy. He loves mercy. Number two, the reason that, that this is such a huge deal is when I cry out for mercy, it puts me in right relationship, right? I humble myself. I say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need you. He loves that because that's the, that's the opportunity. That's the open door. He said, I'm coming through that. I, you need me. I want you to need me. I created you to need me even when you don't think you need me. Yes, that puts you in the right relationship. You humble yourself. You know what God does when you humble yourself, don't you? 
He lifts you up on Jesus' shoulders. You have never been higher than that. I don't care what substance you've tried. That is, that is up. That is up and nobody can tear you down. So here's where we're going with that. Man, we got off script a little bit. Okay, so we're crying out for mercy. Okay, we have three action steps that we want to take if we want the healing relationship, okay? We got here, so write these down. Here they are. Here's one. Action step number one. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy. But we resist. Why? Because we think that crying out to Jesus for mercy is about as enjoyable and beneficial as being slapped across the face with a sock filled with large curd cottage cheese. It, it is not, that's what we think, right? But it's not. This is the gateway to healing. This is the gateway to blessing. You don't have victory until you cry out to Jesus for mercy. And then, right? It's like Dan Pierce, man. He is suffering. He is hurting. His body is breaking down, right? Takes his last breath. He's here. He's with Jesus, man. That is what happens in your heart, is what happens, right? You get resurrected. You get that experience. You get that victory. Cry out to Jesus for mercy for that habit, that sin that sticks to you like glue. You have needed to change this and jettison this and stop it for a long time. And, and that is what you need to cry out to Jesus for mercy. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy, for healing, for that heart pain. It has been with you for decades, some of you. Years. Maybe just recently, but you know agonizing heart pain. And you try to medicate it by yourself with things that are destroying it. And you know the truth of which I speak. You need to cry out to mercy, for mercy to Jesus to heal that pain. You need to cry out to Jesus for freedom. Because some of you know what it is to be a slave. You are a slave to that part of your life that doesn't give you life. It steals your life. It owns your life. You need to cry out to, uh, for mercy to Jesus for that freedom. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy for hope. Because you are in a a continual situation, an ongoing situation, and, and you need to keep walking that. That's, that's, your, that's your path right now. It's an ongoing situation, but this situation robs you, sucks the hope right out of you. And you can't go on unless you have a fresh infusion of bulletproof hope, right? Because when your hope dies, you start to die on the inside. You know, you know this is true. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy to give you hope, Right? I don't know what it is, but you do. And you need to just get past all the, I don't care who sees me, I don't care. I'm not asking you to, to out yourself. I'm just saying, you cry out to Jesus for mercy. I do that too. Watch what happened, right? When he saw them, Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. When they cry out to mercy, Jesus sees them. He hears them. He responds to them. And he will do the same to you. He does not ignore his people who cry out humbly for mercy. That one is the gold phone, okay? A lot of the prayers, are, well, we'll get into this when we study prayer more, but there are some that can create static because we're not asking with the right motive. Mercy, boom. 
top of the list. You get mercy, right? We get mercy. Why does Jesus tell them to go show themselves to the priests? Well, in that day, if you want like the quick and dirty, you can go spend some time in Leviticus, although I don't know that that's anybody's favorite book, but it's the book of the law. And in chapter 13, it talks a lot about the process of being declared clean, um, the process of me going back to my wife or my husband or my kids or my job, back into society and community. And to do that, you had to go show yourself to the priest, right? So the priest was kind of like a doctor, kind of makes you want to treat me with a little more respect, doesn't it? No. Back in those days, you, you go to the priest, and the priest would check you out. No kidding, I'm not crashing your thing, all right? I know, like, you, you're the doc. All right. But you, the priest would examine you, and then there'd be a seven-day period where you wait and you come back, and that would be according to the law. So that's what they do. That's what they do. Go show yourselves to the priest. And these 10 guys do it. They do it. This, this is amazing, right? He says, okay, you go show yourselves to the priest. And they go, they're going to show the priest that they're cured and healed even before they're cured and healed. Do you see the amazing faith? Do you see the incredible obedience they're going to go, man, this is bad, but man, the boss said, go, I'm going to go, right? Can you see him? Can you see them going? That is amazing faith. That is walking by faith, not by sight. Like some of you who know this story very well, you grew up in church, you know how it ends. You are used to people bashing on nine of these 10 guys. I want to tell you, every single one of them had Huge faith. Can you imagine? You got body parts falling off. And he says, go show yourselves to the priest that's healed. Okay. They're going, man. That is huge. Huge. That leads us to action step number two. Action step number two is do what Jesus tells you to do. That sounds simple. But a lot of us get hung up on that step. We're going to cry out for mercy, and then he tells you what to do. You say, I'm not so sure about that. Now, the mercy is not contingent on whether you do what he wants you to do. Jesus gives you mercy, and then he gives you more. He says, look, I want to give you not only the mercy you're asking for, I want to give you a way to walk in my way so you don't end up in the same place you're the same ditch you've been driving into for years, right? I want to give you a better way to do this. I'm going to give you a way, you know? Do what he tells you to do. And most people already know what he's told us to do. He's told you to give up that part of your life that you used to seek to give you life that is stealing your life because I am life and that thing is a substitute. Get rid of it. Don't manage it. Don't try to starve it a little. Kill it. Get rid of it. Some of it, um, he's told you to stop hanging around with the people who put you in the circumstance where you need to cry out for mercy more. Do you know what I'm saying? Every time you are with these people, 
you need to cry out for mercy more because they always need you, lead you into the place where you need that. They are not your friends. You can love them. We can minister to them. Not now. Not until you have victory over this thing. Right? You need to get rid of... Some of you need to do that. Some of you, he's told, you need to ask help from other people. You need to get... You need to come. You need to connect with other people. You've been trying to do this alone. You need somebody praying for you, accountable. You need encouragement. You need we, Look, this following Jesus... It was always a team sport. It was us who made it. It's, it's all me. I'm going to be uh, independent and isolated and good, good luck with that, okay? We need each other, right? That's the whole celebrate recovery thing. We need Jesus. We need each other if we're going to realize the healing, right? You need to give up this part of your life. You need to ask for help. You need to come up. Look, we have response time. Crickets, man. Like, we, we got people crying. We got people but they're not going to ask for prayer, right? Like we, we need to get past that. We need, to, we need to get help. We need to get prayer. We need to get up. We need to get serious. That's what he told you, right? You need to get serious about your relationship with me. You got to get serious about being here. You got to get serious about a daily, starting your day with me in my word. Let me talk to you. You talk to me. Let me fill you up. You got to get serious. Now, this is not just crying out for mercy. We're going to do what he says, right? Not just agree with him and go back and do everything. Look, do what Jesus tells you to do. For most of us, this is not a mystery room that you've got to crack the code. You already know what it is. You just need to decide that you're going to finally do it. How do I know about this? Maybe I've tried it a couple of times, right? Ignoring what I know he wants me to do. Don't do that. Cry out for mercy. Take the next step. Do what he says do. Some of you are not getting the healing that you're seeking because you cry out for mercy, but you stop short of doing what Jesus has told you to do. And I don't want that. We don't want that. Do what Jesus tells you to do. Look what happens. As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. As they walked in faith, they are cleansed, right? As they do that thing that is against common sense, right? Everything they ever Googled said you don't have to do this. They did it anyway because Jesus said to do it. And as they go, they're cleansed. Can you see the 10 of them walking together? Hey, dude. I don't mean to be creepy. You know, they sound a lot like those angels, don't they? Yeah. I don't mean to creep you out, but you are looking good. You are looking good. What do you mean? Like your ear. It's back. So no way. Hey, dude, you got a nose. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm feeling good. Look at us. We're good looking guys. And nine of the 10 are so excited. I'm getting my wife back. I'm getting my life back. I'm getting my job back. I'm done with you. I'm running to the priest. Nine of the ten. Go running to the priest. Take the next step. One. It's looking at himself and says, I'm in awe of what Jesus has done. Turns and runs back. Runs back to Jesus. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. 
And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He's crying out again, but this time is different, right? And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. If you want the healing relationship, you got to cry out to Jesus. you got to do what he tells you to do. And number three, you got to give Jesus massive and continuous thanks and praise, which means show Jesus appreciation. Why? Is he all so full of himself? No, no. It's because he's leading you into greater blessing. Appreciation is the relationship glue. It is the super magnet, right? You connected with Jesus in such a deep way. There is only goodness, right? He's leading you into that. So we want to turn, we want to give massive, massive thanks to him, right? And oftentimes we do the nine guy thing, right? We think, wow, this is cool. I'm, I'm pretty worthy. I, I came through here. Other people came through for me. I got a lucky break. No, you were blessed by God. You were blessed by God. You need to do that. You need to go back. We have nothing that we haven't been given. We can't get distracted. Here's what we do. We get distracted when things get good. Oh, I'm going to get my wife back. I'm going to get my kids back. I'm going to get my job back. Things are working out great. Things are good. We prayed about this. This was starting like uh, more than a month ago when we did these, um, these prayer things that we're going to, well, that's another prayer. Um, the ones when we're praying for renewal, that's what this whole thing was about, right? We're going to repent of being distracted. We're not going to say like life gets good and job picks up and school gets busy and all these things and I'm going to forget about the God who gave me all of this good stuff. We're not going to do that. We're going to come running back. I want to show you something that's easy to forget. It says he was a Samaritan, which to us, means not a church guy. Do you know why? Because the people sometimes who know Jesus the best can take his goodness for granted the most. We get so used to how, how good he is that he does something good for us. We just high-five him and keep going. Like we're not into being so thankful, so grateful, and we can't be that. We can't be that. And Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed? Hey, look, I gave you power for 10, right? Only one's here? Where are the other nine? Jesus deserves, expects, and appreciates being appreciated. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, this guy who people put on the outside. If you're an outsider, you need to know you're not to Jesus. Uh, we make those, you know, you feel like an outsider socially or religiously or racially or uh, socioeconomic. That's garbage. Jesus says, you want me, you're an insider. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Don't miss this. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you right? That's what we're talking about. Your faith has saved you. I want to just finish up. Starts with crying out, ends with crying out. 180 degree turn. You cry out in the beginning, you cry out in the end. Jesus changes our desperate cries for mercy into joyful cries 
of praise. That's what's in store for you when you start this process. Cry out to Jesus for mercy. Do what he says do and give him praise and thanksgiving. Don't miss this. It's not that if you don't thank Jesus, you will never get healed or blessed. You will. You will just never get Jesus. And he's the real healing, the real blessing. I have a visual aid to help you. Okay? They said, Jesus, I'm empty. I need healing. I need whatever. I need what's inside of you. Jesus has mercy. Right? Ten guys got this. Nine of them went, hmm, yeah. On with life. One of them came back and said, you are everything that I need. I need not just what's in, I need you. You know what he got? He got this. That is what it means to be in Christ and Christ in you. That is what's promised to each and every one of us. And, and sometimes we settle for just having a sip. That is the joyful life. That is the overcoming life. That is the victorious life. That is the life that's available to you. You are not disqualified. Your wreckage. The, the reason he, he goes to Samaritans and people with scary diseases is so that you would know that if they're not disqualified from his goodness, you aren't either. His cross is bigger than any way that you've tried to offend him. And you could have this filled to overflowing all the time as long as Jesus is filled. That's a great existence. Finally, some of us need to repent of what, what fights against our appreciation. When we feel entitled, okay, culture will tell you what you deserve, right? Don't ever ask for what you deserve. Ask for mercy, right? Self-centered. When everything has me as a common denominator, when it becomes about me, it can't be about Jesus. And when it's not about Jesus, it's called idolatry, okay? When everything has me and intersects with me, we got to repent of that. We're proud. Man, I do this on my own. No, the only, the only thing that I and you can do on our own is mess up, right? Get lost and get dead. That's what we do on our own. Jesus wants to raise us up, live through us, have us live in him, that. More focused on what's next than who's first. That's the prosperity mindset. That happens. This doesn't happen in third world countries. This happens in first world blessed countries. What's next for me to buy? What's next for me to run? What's next for me to do? What's next for me to go? What's next? No. Who's first? Always. We get distracted, right? Because if Satan just can't tell you a lie, right? You're not going to believe black is white. You can just not focus on Jesus. That's what he's going to do. So, hope for all of us. This is great. There is healing for you. The healing relationship is more than just coming and asking for mercy. It's crying out for mercy. It's doing what he says do. And then that's returning for thanks. And some of you, as the worship team comes up, 
don't know where you are. Some of you are in relationships that need to be healed with other people, and you need to key into appreciation, okay? You need some help with that. Some of you are at the point where you've been fighting, crying out to God for mercy, okay? You've been trying to manage this. That's, what you, that's the step you need to take. Okay, others of you are ready to take the second one, which is I need prayer and bravery to do what God has told me to do. I know what it is. Some of you don't know what it is. Maybe you need help with that. And then some of you just need to pour out thanks. Has he saved you? Has he washed away your sin? Has he owned it and become it and paid for it? Has he given you his Holy Spirit? Has he given you this day? You have something. To, has he healed you? He's healed me. A lot of times, he's allowed me to speak his word. Right? I mean, golly, there's so many things. And he's given you each other. Let's just pour out praise, okay? You got business to do, but you got business to do with a great, great God who just wants to heal and pour into you. So do it. Edward, why don't you come up? Ty, why don't you come up? Pam, why don't you come up? Natalie's not around. We love to have Natalie. How about you? Come on up. Chris, do you want to pray with people who need it? Yeah, come on. Because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit I'm gonna sit over here. Because some of you don't want to come up and sit on it. It don't matter. Lean over to somebody next to you and say, would you pray with me right now? You do this. Don't leave the same way you walked in. Because you've encountered the living God who loves you. All the power, all the love, right at your fingertips. You know what to do. I can't do it for you. I love you.